0: So a lot about what we have been speaking about over this retreat was about balance and not holding on to extremes. In terms of something is or is not in a certain way, but recognizing conditionality. And you know, and getting to know that everything depends on everything else. This. You know, very deep entanglement, this, uh, what Thich Nhat Hanh calls it, interbeing. I think that's a very clear expression of the way things really are. And the elements meditation has shown us that there is no real inside and outside. So, and in a way, you know, both exist at the same time depending on from which uh, point we are looking at what we are investigating. So our own standpoint, our own conditioning from where we are looking for determines what we are seeing. And uh, if we start to, you know, realize that the impersonal truth of life itself, you know, gets revealed. And then we start to understand the body is actually only borrowed from nature. It's like a riding animal, a mounting animal, which we have borrowed from nature. And, you know, we use it as a riding animal for consciousness, look after it. And when the time comes to give it back, we give it back. And... As my first teacher, Achim Buddha Dasa, often said, you know, everything belongs to nature, throw it back, give it back. He would say, toss it back. And Laura was also mentioning about her teacher, Utechania. He'd say, everything is nature. That's just such a simple and powerful statement. And I really love the example of Thich Nhat Hanh where he speaks about, you know, eating an orange and then looking at the orange and, you know, what is this? Is it the rain? Is it the sunshine? The tree? The workers who planted the tree and then harvested the oranges and transported them and, you know, brought them to the supermarket and then we bought them and now they are at our table. So if you start to investigate in this way, it suddenly you know all the boundaries start to kind of open up and, and falling apart more and more and then in the end of the day, the whole cosmos is involved in just one orange. This is a really amazing miracle, and at the same time, you know it shows us how our ways of thinking, because we think in language and a language is made out of a lot of nouns, the the process nature of all of that gets kind of lost. And and then around this, uh, you know, way of simplifying things so that we communicate creates a lot of assumptions, you know, over the many conditioning moments we we receive. And and out of that, you know, ignorance arises. And then habits, you know, are forming. And grasping and fixation and everything else follows. And through the process of, of meditation and applying wisdom teachings such as the Buddha's teaching, we start to you know, investigate those projections, all of those habitual patterns, and they start to fall apart again because they have been conditioned. That's why they can be undone through skillful application and particular ways of investigating. And in this way, you know, all phenomena yield liberation as their essence. Whatever phenomena we start to investigate, is it an orange or an airplane or our own bodies? They all yield liberation as their essence because they are all conditioned phenomena. And if we look into them long enough, what comes of it is what we call Nibida in the Pali language, which means uh, disenchantment you know, like being disenchanted from a magician's trick. Once you look behind the curtain and you see the props, you never again believe the trick. And you can still enjoy the trick, but you're not getting lost in it. And the same um, for us, you know, if we have this way of looking at phenomena in the world, we can still enjoy the beauty and the, the joy and the, you know, the kindness or whatever comes to us through life, but we are no longer completely lost in it. And uh, as I said, you know, the literal translation of the word Nipida is not finding, you know, looking at the orange and not finding the orangeness of the orange, not finding a unchanging core. But what we are finding is a lot of constituents and more and more and more gets finer and finer. And in the end, it's just emptiness. And what we see is the orange doesn't exist from its own side, but it's a coming together of many causes and conditions. And it doesn't take away any of the joy and the beauty of the orange. It even adds something to it. It adds that sense of wonder and mystery. Because we never really can pin it down. And we don't have to. And the four vipalasa, or the four distortions of perception, we have been speaking about over this retreat. You know, they are a toolkit or a framework to help us to skillfully attend to the phenomena and to experiences so that they reveal their true nature. So like, you know, if you have a photograph and if you want to, you know, put it on the wall of your living room, you put it into a frame. And then through putting the photograph into a frame, you can see the photograph much better because it gives you know the mind something to um, attend to very clearly we call that you know yoniso manasikara skillful or radical attention as a basis you know for insight and yoniso there's the word yoni in it yoni means womb And it means coming back, going back to the roots, going back to the womb, going back to the beginning of something before we got lost in the story about it. So looking at the orange, just looking without adding a story on top of it. And then it reveals its true nature to us. And the four vipalasa are such a support for us so we can look in a way which opens up this revelation of what is really happening and you know in the beginning it's just a kind of information something and we allowing it into our formation and then digesting that it becomes knowledge and then through consistent application it becomes an intuitive understanding and a non-conceptual wisdom. Then you know we are we become that wisdom. It's part of our being. And then when something arises in our lives, you know, spontaneously we can respond from that wisdom. We don't need to think about the vipalasa. What was the first Vipalasa? What was the second vipalasa? Which page number and so on and so forth but it has become part of your being through the application of it repeated application and then that's the real wisdom which you know is liberating and in the Pali language the word for wisdom is Panya and wisdom is not like a body of knowledge but it's an active quality it's like you know the the blade of a knife, the sharp blade of a knife, which is able to just when it, when something happens, it can see through it. It can cut through the confusion and, you know, it recognizes what's real and it's a, it's a realization, a personal experience, which is understood This is where wisdom is born from, if personal experience is understood. And then Sada or faith and confidence, that's more the weight of the blade. So that allows that insight to spread out through our lives is an actualization a letting go into that which we know to be true, to have the the courage to live that. And then it reveals itself even deeper to us. And then out of that deeper realization, more capacity for faith and confidence arises. And so they go hand in hand. They are intertwined processes. You know, the realization and then the actualization, the understanding and then living from that place. And in that way, it's like a spiral, you know, which goes deeper and deeper into reality and opens up more and more of the the way things are. And then, you know, our life uh, takes on more and more Openness. You know, there's more and more space around everything. And Sada, which is faith and confidence, responds more and more fully to wisdom. We have more and more natural capacity to really deeply leave what we know to be true. And, you know, having the capacity to let go of me and responding fully, you know, to the path more and more. And in the chanting which we have you know, in our monastery, there's one chant which lists the, the qualities of the Dharma. And one of those qualities is opanaiko. That means leading onwards, leading inwards. So, you know, if we are responding to the Dharma more and more fully by living it, then also our life takes on more and more uh, blessings, you know. The life becomes an ever more supportive environment for for our practice. And I can really say I have really uh, experienced it myself in my life that, you know, the more I could really align myself with, the way how I have uh, understood the Dhamma, there's always help also appearing, you know, to to go further, to go onwards. And that's, you know, that's really a mystery. But it does happen. And, uh, you know, assumptions drop away like, when you you know when you have a new pair of shoes and they're a little bit too tight, and then you go to town and you can't wait coming home taking off the shoes. Feels like that. You take off and there's a sense of ah, you know, a sense of relief really. And when I was sharing with you yesterday the the progression of insight, you know, that's the classic. Um, template, how this sense of relief, the opening, how that is facilitated by seeing clearly. So for example, you know seeing that impermanence is present, observing the arising and passing away of phenomena, and then through that application, grasping and clinging starts to open up you know because the ignorance is washed away through seeing clearly like if we wash a cloth you know which has a big stain it doesn't go away after one wash to wash it many times and rub it and put the turchant on it and soak it and all kinds of things and slowly the stain gives way and from that removing of the stain we are able to see the full spectrum of our experience we can allow cessation we can allow endings which before we couldn't you know like people always like to look at new things babies and new beginnings and people don't so much like endings It's just a natural inclination. And with that practice, you know, we start to bring in the full picture, not just being glued to beginnings and little puppies, but seeing the whole thing, seeing the ending as well. And then, you know, if we can allow endings, then... Letting go is the natural result of the capacity to allow endings to also be part of life. So and the letting go is then in you know, a full alignment with full attunement with nature. Everything which has a beginning has an end. Like our retreat, you know, in the beginning we are all excited. Wow, we're going to go on a retreat now and so on. And then you know it gets very different now, isn't it? But it's also can also be beautiful. So, you know, this uh, process of looking through the 4 Vipalasa or any of the you know, supportive templates of the Buddha's teaching, there are so many in our toolkit. You know, they all reveal our vulnerability and at the same time, they also bring out the strength which comes from acknowledging truth. This is the paradox, you know, it's both at the same time. And it's it's very hard, you know, to communicate that in language, but we can know it in our own experience through an intuitive way of knowing which isn't really the result of dualistic thinking, but it's, it's a way of knowing something with the heart and that the resiliency of spirit, which comes, you know, from opening to, to truth and, you know, allowing things to really become conscious to understand things, to really stand under them, to allow ourselves to be really fully touched and then you know the system adjusts and we come into more coherence with life as it is and then the flow of that is much smoother and we experience that as a sense of relief. And uh, And there we can see, you know, that the struggle holds a gift for us because the struggle is and the stress and the trouble, you know, if we have the capacity to stay with that, it supports the alignment, which is necessary to experience the letting go. And without the struggle and without the trouble, we're never going to get there. You know, if we If we exit before and, you know, distract ourselves through eating, drinking, drugs, medication, whatever we take, you know, then we won't go through the trouble, but also we will not have any result. It's like cleaning something out, you know, like a stuck pipe. There's a lot of mess, you know, happening, but in the end there's again a smooth passage and this is the price you know which we need to pay but through repetition you know we become more strong because we have more faith we have more confidence that this is the way it works you know and and grasping and clinging or ignorance which is the same thing is painful but we really need to see that for ourselves and seeing something for ourselves means experiencing it in our own being and having you know having the confidence having the courage to go close to it to understand it and that's you know why we need community because it's much easier to do it together So, you know, remembering that the obstacles are not in the way, but the obstacles are the way. The path is really one obstacle after the next. You know, some are small, some are big. And that's the path. And the path is made by walking. It's not a smooth kind of a path, just all in front of us. Yes, we do know about the Noble Eightfold Path. You know in the books but then living it is is a challenge and we always know you know there is not like a whole solution everything laid out immediately but one step at a time, one step at a time and if we make that next step and work with it then the next step will emerge out of the fog so to say and that is something which we can only experience through taking that risk you know having that faith or sada to allow you know what we know to be true to spread out through our lives more and more through application And, you know, if our ideals are too high, that's really difficult. So, you know, noticing perfection arises and ceases also. You know, there's moments of complete perfection and you feel like, wow, it's amazing. And then there's moments very much the opposite. And they both are part of this path. And if we have seen, you know, that up and down, up and down, often enough, many, many, many times, basically, you know, it starts to lose its drama. And I like very much the bumper sticker, more drama and less drama. I think, you know, that could be our motto for for the next few days when we leave the retreat to remember that more dharma, less drama, less stories about truth, but just really staying with that which we know. And the four vipalasa, a very good template for that, you know. You might want to write it out and, and put it somewhere in your home so you can be reminded, you know, every day of this. Um, very handy framework, you know, which is a very deep teaching, but at the same time, it's also very, very applicable. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.